This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here. Deleted WrestleZone very on podcast of professional wrestling from AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, many promotions, championships, and wrestlers. I'm your host, J-Rod, folks. So, hope everybody had a great time for these past couple of days since I've not been on the air for a while. Uh, if you guys are wondering where I've been, I've been trying to catch up what's been going on. As you know, this last week they had to change a lot of things, you know, regarding what the whole AEW being aired on Saturday and now being aired today, which is a Thursday. Today is uh, August 27th of this year. So, but uh, as you want to know, I'm going to try to keep this interesting for all of you guys. So, I have a couple of subjects that I want to brought up. There's some match, three matches I want to talk about. Uh, stable Factions, I want to continue with Part 2 with Thunder Rosa. And of course, the recent development with UK's wrestling outlet, WrestleTalk. So let's start with the matches. First match I want to talk about, this took place a week ago on New J- uh, NJPW Strong for the New Japan Cup 2020 USA Final. The match was between... David Finley and Kenta. Now, this particular match was for the IWGP Heavyweight uh, United States Heavyweight Championship. You guys probably saying those who are New Japan fans like, wait a minute, wait a minute, J-Rod. I thought this is New Japan Cup. Yes, but the thing is this. As you've been aware recently, not a lot of the foreign wrestlers who participate with New Japan are there. Except for certain ones like Gabriel Kidd, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., only those are the two foreign wrestlers I've seen so far in New Japan. But majority of them were uh, are unable to enter Japan due to restrictions since the pandemic started. So they decided to do something very differently. Apparently they decided to go whoever to have a tournament who was going to face for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Now there's been a, a, a slight change of what happened. I'm going to explain this before I start with the match with, between Finley and Kenta. Uh, apparently, there, there was an agreement with AEW that they will not allow John Moxley to appear any New Japan shows that are being live in, in the U.S. Basically, he's exclusive here in the U.S. Now, according to what John Moxley said, that his contract with New Japan is already done. But however, he would love to continue working for them. But the real question is, how is this going to go forward if he's no longer employed by New Japan? I don't know. So that is a very good question. I'm going to try to follow up on that, see what's going to happen. Now back to the match. between. This is an important match. This one is more like what any other tournament we have. You contain the briefcase with the contract for a title match. This one was very different. Uh, it's a red briefcase with the trophy. However, you probably ask, who was going to win this particular match? This match was, to me, I've always suspected it was going to be Kenta due to the fact that he likes to find a way to win even if he has no honor. But as for Dave Finley, he is young, talented, and hungry for the attention that he deserves, you know, we all know what happened early this year with him and uh, Finn, with him and Juice, where they won the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles, which was a great accomplishment on his on their part. But this was something new that they wanted to go. The match was great. I, I enjoyed it. 
Um, but I wasn't sure who was going to win until we got to the end, and it was Kenta. So Kenta won, and ever since then, he's been calling out John Moxley. Uh, I don't know exactly how this is going to play out, but I, like I said, I'll follow up. As soon as this happened, when Kenta was calling out Moxley, Jeff Cobb shows up and uh, wants to be the first challenger for the briefcase. Kenta said no, but of course he has to. Uh, technicality, there are no dates set for the IWGP United States Championship. So that is that. So that's one match I'm going to put out. Here's another one for you guys. This one, we've already know about it. This one is for on NXT TakeOver 30 for the NXT Championship. Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. Now this was one hell of a brutal match. You got Superman versus a supervillain. I'm like thinking, dang. But the one thing I like about Karrion Cross that many of you don't know, if you follow Karrion Cross, he has this attitude as a character to put out like a serial killer type. That is something that I wasn't sure if WWE were interested because Karrion Cross did believe that when he was known as Killer Cross, that they had no interest in having that type of gimmick but apparently it looks like WWE did but I have to say WWE did something right because sometimes we don't like characters that we know either coming from the independence or changing that's to me that's always been like the one thing I have against WWE for a long time but this match was amazing I thought Keith Lee was gonna be the one taking control but he managed to do so the more but what I like about this match is how Karrion Cross was in fact, um, how do I say this? Um, absorbing punch after punch, a bump after bump, everything. And it's like nothing was holding this guy back. And that is something that I think everybody can love or hate, you know? But it was amazing. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. And if, frankly, Karrion won the match, but apparently in the aftermath, uh, he got injured because of the match. And this became a similar situation as Finn Balor when he won the Universal Championship. Now, if you guys don't know what I'm referring to, then I'll let you guys know exactly what I'm referring to. A couple years ago, when the Universal Championship was being presented there was a first match for that title it was Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins and Finn Balor won the match but in the process of winning that match he injured his arm or shoulder whatever the the, the case scenario in less than 24 hours he had to relinquish the title because of the injury for Karrion Cross, on the other hand it only took him like four days to relinquish to relinquish the title due to the injury it's the same kind of scenario so he's going to be out for a couple of months and i asked myself how can someone injure themselves in, after an important match of their career you know what i mean that's one thing that kind of gets me off and because of that nxt has announced a plan how to proceed without having an what having a brand new nxt champion so they picked out four former champions um one was johnny gargano Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, and 
Adam Cole, baby. So that's pretty much one of the things how they're going to do. But the match between Cross and Lee, it's one of the best ones I've ever seen. So next match I want to talk about. This one is part of SummerSlam. It was Dominic Mysterio, the son of, of San Diego Hero, who, since if you guys know, I'm from San Diego. Dominic Mysterio, the son of Rey Mysterio, facing Seth Rollins. At first, I wasn't sure how this was going to... I, lo- I have to say, Dominic did an amazing job in this match. Now, for all of you who don't know, if you're not even from the San Diego area, I knew exactly where Dominic actually trained. Uh, I've been seeing videos of him where he was training. Uh, he was training at Level Up Pro Wrestling Academy down in um in La Mesa area of San Diego. Uh, that school is being run by uh, SoCal, uh, SoCal Legend, also independent wrestler. Uh, B-Boy, who I met, um, who I talked to many times over. But I have to say, Dominic really did a great job. And for him to be in this match was amazing. I'm sure his dad and his mom are very proud of him. You know, I just hope he doesn't go out saying like what they did with the Bucks, where Papa Buck goes, you guys gave me a heart attack at All Out. <laughs> but I, don't, I doubt that's going to happen. But the match was great. I have to say... One thing that you guys need to know about Dominic, um, I had a local wrestler who actually trained Dominic. He told me something that was true about him. Here's what he said. If you've seen Rey Mysterio, how he actually is, he basically, he's nowhere the same height. Rey Mysterio is a very athletic, short person. But for a kid like Dominic, he has to figure out a way to Make himself look stand out on his own, not using the same type of moves that um, his dad does. And I have to agree. But this match proved it with Seth Rollins. Uh, I have to say Seth Rollins really put over Dominic, giving him a, a good recognition, even though that he lost in this match. This match was amazing. I, I liked it, you know, a lot. Uh, I don't know how you guys will feel about it, but I hope you guys can respect Dominic Mysterio like any others. Now let's talk about stable factions. The first stable faction I want to talk about is AEW's Dark Order. Now, I know for a long time, ever since the Dark Order first started coming around in AEW, and since they first started out, not a lot of fans took them seriously. Not until we were speculating who was going to be the leader. Now, the first speculation was... Marty Skrull, but it didn't turn out that way since he got a role with Ronnie of Honor. I don't know what's going on with that, but I'll keep a pin on that. But with Brody Lee, I have to say, they, it's an amazing turn of a, 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 a way how they're doing it. But at the same time, there's still people they are not feeling, how do I say, great. Uh, how do I say, they're pumped for the idea. But however... Uh, recently, if you guys have been following Being the Elite, the Dark Order has been making a lot of appearances. Like, for example, they've been trying to recruit people. What's funny is Brody Lee curses out anybody who screws up. And he says, but the most person who screws up the most was John Silver. And this is his expression. Why is it something with fucking Silver? You know, that's always been that one case. My favorite moment is when 
Silver was getting in the face of Stu Grayson because he's not wearing a mask. We see Evil Uno. We see Ten. We've seen Five with masks. But Stu, John Silver, and Ru- Alex Reynolds are the only ones who don't wear the mask constantly. They just put it on when they're in, in the ring. And it kind of makes things a little interesting. And when John Silver was telling Mr. Burley what happened, it's like, yeah, this piece of shit is being a real dick. So basically, when he asked Reynolds, why is there something with Silver? So he tells him, he's just a kid. So he tells him that I had it with you 50 times. So he whacked him. So everybody took off when Silver was about to get hit. And he keeps same thing over. He even messed up the moment that they saw Jungle Boy thing there. And Brody Lee saw it was Bro- Jungle Boy. However, it was Griff Garrison. Well, they thought it was Griff Garrison. Because it's not the first time. When Griff Garrison tried to get in with the Dark Order, passing as Jungle Boy, it was so funny. So people can say this now. Even the guys from Squared Circle Cycle Babble said this. It's true. Now that they're being recognized on being the elite, I think they want to give them that push. Like, be the, the stable faction that we can get behind or enjoy or root or hate however you want. And that's one of the hard things about stable faction you want to be serious exactly how you're going to do it. And I'd say with Dark Order, it's kind of interesting because we've been waiting for a long time for a stable faction to be what they did last Wednesday, where ever since Brody Lee beat Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship in a five-minute squash match, they took out Cody Moore, took out the Natural Nightmares, Dustin and QT, and of course, Brandy Rhodes. And it's, it's kind of interesting. So I, I feel now now they're being recognized. People are probably are getting behind Dark Order. But he, they're not the only ones that people have been talking about. Recently with WWE, we have Retribution. Now, I know there's a lot of people that have been talking about Retribution. Like, it's hard to take them serious. Like, we don't even know who they are. You know, there were speculations that Vanessa Bourne is in it. Mike Camden thinks it was Ramis, uh, Dominic was in it too. I'm like... I don't know how to present. I mean, I'm open to what they're going to do, but I'm not, how to say, 100%, how to say, convinced if they are going to bring a good, stable faction into the mix this way. Uh, Give me just a minute. Sorry, I had to drink some water. But anyway, the way I see it, is I wasn't too fond of the idea of retribution, but I did find a bit of the how the story began and all this and that very, very intriguing. But for them, like not telling us who they are, who, who's behind this, that is still yet to be seen. I'm like not a hundred percent convinced, but however, I'm willing to give them a chance if they can do something to. Make me say, yeah, get behind Retribution. Then I'll do it. But, uh, sorry, you guys had to try something. So that is it with the Stable Factions. Now, this is... Let's talk about this individual who I'm a fan of. And I talked to her on the previous podcast episode about her. I'm talking about Thunder Rosa. If you guys saw last week in AEW, Thunder Rosa, the current... 
NWA World Women's Champion has challenged AEW World's Women Champion Hikaru Shida for the title at All Out. This is a one. This is gonna be one hell of a match. I'm definitely behind this match completely. Now you probably ask yourselves, those who follow NWA recently, you probably wonder. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, J Rod. Isn't it um, Thunder Rosa with the NWA? Yes, but however, uh, I'm gonna give a pause about Thunder Rosa for a little bit so I can give you guys a clear view what's been happening. Recently, NWA hasn't thrown any events recently due to the fact of um, they had a shutdown due to the pandemic. Back in April, they were supposed to have the, um, the Crockett Cup, but they had to seize operations because of that. See, uh, and basically, people have been speculating that NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, is done because Raven said so. Let me say this. Perfect clear for those fans who are hearing that story. Bullshit. It's not closing. Billy Corgan already said they're not closing. They're not shutting the doors. The reason that is happening is because recently we have seen Ricky Starks, who was the first um, NWA television champion ever since the reemergence of NWA, he left. Now, the reason that happened is that he wasn't going to sit around at home, do nothing, while NWA gives him $100 a month. But that's what happened. So he probably requests his leave, and he's not the only one. Uh, the person who beat Ricky Starks for the television title, Zicky Dice, also left. And from what I understand, they said they're paying him $250 a month. I'm like, that's not very much. And, of course, we've been seeing uh, Eddie Kingston. But none of that matters anymore because... They're not closing. But here's what you need to know. They're not closing. End of story. Whoever said they are, if you guys heard that story before, tell them they're an Oscar Mayer wiener. Now, back to Thunder Rosa. Now, since I already said that um, NWA is not closing, Thunder Rosa is a, a behind NWA a thousand percent. So she's not going nowhere. But she did get their blessing with NWA that she wants to put the title online in her independent promotion Mission Pro Wrestling. And I explained that on the previous podcast episode. Now, Thunder Rosa, in my opinion, has been very vocal about the women, the women in wrestling, including in promotions such as AEW, WWE. She's been very vocal about how they're not giving the women the proper respect, the proper way to showcase women in wrestling. And I have to agree. There have, we ha- there have been criticism by AW about that. We thought they were going to be better than WWE, but it didn't because currently they're mostly focusing on the TNA, on the tag team division, and that's always been the case for me with that. But I feel strongly that uh, Thunder Rosa can kick start on this one. Reason is, she is considered the best in the women's division in all in many promotions. If you guys don't believe me, if you guys haven't seen her, go on YouTube. Look at her work. You'll be surprised what she can do. And if you want to be impressed, watch one of NWA's recent pay-per-views from this year, um, Hard Times. you see why when she was in the match against Allison K. You'll see why. So watch it. 
So I'm excited. So this match between Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship will take place at All Out on September 5th. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. Now, finally, the last thing I want to talk about, if you guys don't know this, I listen to many podcasts, YouTube channels involving wrestling, such as Square Circle, Cycle Babble, uh, Wrestle Talk, Talk It's Jericho, uh, Excuse Me, podcast by Vicky Guerrero, uh, many others. But the one that kind of surprised me this morning was Wrestle Talk. From what I'm hearing, one of the hosts named Ollie Davis fired Luke Owen. Now, I don't know what was that about because the thing is this. It, it's it, I don't know exactly what Ollie has been doing. I don't know if he's becoming a dictator or what. But however, it, it's kind of like, what is happening here? I thought you guys were friends. It, it's kind of bizarre from what I'm hearing. But Luke Owen actually started his own thing called Wrestle Luke. So he's not going to shut up. He's going to continue. He's going to try to fight his way to get his job back with Wrestle Talk. But however, he did met stated this morning on a video that he released on his personal YouTube channel, on his on his YouTube channel Wrestle Luke, that he's going to fight his way to get his job back with Wrestle Talk. By doing the whole Wrestle Luke. Now I don't know how the others. Will feel about this. You know with Ollie firing Luke Owen. But. I don't know exactly. What is the deal. But I did hear from Luke. That he did stated that he is. He did get an offer from Fightful. When he, they heard that he got fired. But as much as he respects them. He doesn't feel like that's his home. It's always been Wrestle Talk. And it's kind of bizarre. So if you guys. Want to check it out? Check it out. It's Wrestle Talk. You'll see everything from. They they are pretty good what they do, but I don't know what possessed Ollie Davis to fire Luke Owen, but I hope somewhere down the line in the future they can resolve this issue. So I think that's it for now for all of you. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, I'll be putting most um, another episode soon as soon as I find more content to talk about. Uh, hopefully I can try to reveal certain things that could come out for, um, for AW Dynamite and New Japan. But for now, I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye and have a nice day. Bang.